0: Hello. How are you? What? It's the weekend again. (laughs) Welcome to the sound of the start of it. The Not The Top 20 betting show, sponsored by Betfair. This is me, Ali Maxwell, him, George Ellick. We're making our betting picks ahead of the EFL weekend. This is the betting show. It talks about betting, gambling, and therefore it's for over 18s only. Uh, Not only that, but we ask that anyone listening who is over 18, please make sure you are gamble aware understand the risks that come with gambling in particular uh, George and I always like to make sure that you are not betting more than you can afford to lose and also that you're not chasing your losses but lots of other things to see and to learn about on begamblerware.org. George Alec you're just like Swindon Town getting better and better as the season goes on another good
1: week. Yeah there was a moment when I was sitting in the away end at the valley uh, watching Charlton 1 Oxford 1 where I thought there was If Dion Charles could get a second goal and other results kind of continue the way they were going, I thought I might get a clean sweep. But then, as is always the way with gambling football, it's the kind of the betting show equivalent of like having a BTTS Akka and you've got like loads of goals in a half time and then nothing happens in the second half. (sighs) And uh, yeah, it was still a good week, but not, you know, didn't get the sweep up, sadly. Yeah, I mean, you had BTTS no double, Gillingham Sutton tick, Stevenage Crawley. It was a Crawley goal of all things. Yeah, I know that I did for <laughs> you. Know. At least in that one, that was the good thing. Frustrating for you because you you tried to be greedy what? and and what? it didn't work.
0: Yeah. What? Why are we going straight for greedy? Why are we branding it greedy? Why why couldn't it be that I just thought there was value in in backing Stevenage minus one?
1: For sure, that's that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it probably was value. I I kind of did the same thing with the BTTS no. So you know,
0: yeah, we'll take it back then. I take, take- it back. Thank you. Uh, yes, Stevenage, your nap posh, your next best, and maybe the the best of the lot, laying Mansfield at one point four eight on the Friday night uh, League Two fixture against Hartlepool. Favors the brave, I think, is the uh, the line for that one. Right. So I'm greedy and you're brave. I'm starting to think that this is getting a little imbalanced, but it's fair enough, especially with recent results. Um, picking Middlesbrough as my next best, stupid uh, me. Picking Stevenage to win would have been clever. Picking Stevenage minus one, possibly stupid. Um, as for Piergiani, having three shots, two on target, and not scoring at, uh, what was that, 9.5. As for Wigan, scoring an unnecessary second goal to make it 2-0 instead of the 1-0 correct score bet at 8-1. to I do feel a little hard done by there, but I've decided rather than get sad about it, get down about it, uh, to use it as motivation that I'm not far away. So whether that's true or not, it doesn't really matter. It's largely irrelevant. If there's one thing we've both learned a lot covering professional sports is that the things that motivate you don't even need to be particularly
1: true. And speaking for myself, given how often I I see you or hear you, I kind of never feel like you're far away. So I'd agree with that. Awesome. I got another lay of West Brom up,
0: so it wasn't all bad, but you have pulled um, fairly clear in the uh, seasonal stakes. So uh, a big week as they all are. What's your nap? What's your best bet in the EFL?
1: Every season, um, there are, especially at this stage of the season, a couple of teams who really rattle me. Um, you know, they I believe in what I believe in in football, and that is, you know, the the, the data side of things is fairly important, if not the be-all and end-all, and that bad teams would eventually, well, teams who are overperforming will eventually get found out. Um, it's quite weird how consistently those teams tend to be the same teams. Um, this is uh, Reading's what, sixth season of living rent-free in my head. Um, and a a recent tenant has been um, Northampton Town, who, mm. um, yeah, I mean, uh, even before the new um, rules and regulations on landlords uh, kicking out tenants, there was nothing I could do about their uh, position within my brain. Um, where Northampton last season, um, you know, were a, a staying force towards the top end of League 2 under John Brady, even though all the kind of data metrics suggested that they weren't particularly, um, you know, any better than the mid-table side. Uh, and then this season, the same has happened again. Now, um, the, the loss of their goal-scoring centre-back Supremo, Fraser Horseful um, was seemingly significant, but... Um, in Sam Hoskins, they've got the most informed player in the uh, in league, 2 in terms of, of goals scored. Um, and they have started the season incredibly well, and it has been maddening from a you know a, a kind of punting point of view um, that recent weeks have been. You know, I backed Stockport against them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they were one 0 down and won it two one. Uh, they went went one 0 down against Swindon and came back and won it two one. That made it five wins in a row in the league, and so for me, as somebody who when a, a Team has a a negative expected goals ratio. It is quite hard to understand what's going on, and it kind of makes my brain explode. So, seeing them get beaten uh, at Warsaw in midweek was a bit of a remedy um, to my sore brain because Warsaw are themselves one of the sides this season who are massively underperforming their expected goals and, and underperforming basically every match that you look at in terms of where they should be and, and the and the results that they're getting. So, um, and and you know finally, Northampton were undone and and weren't able to score um, lots of well, weren't able to score goals from, from creating very little. Um, they created little in the game, even after Walsall went ahead. Uh, Northampton didn't really lay a glove on them. Um, and I'm kind of thinking that now is probably the time to think that Northampton might begin to regress um, back towards where they should be, which isn't necessarily a bad team. I just don't think that either them or, or Leighton Orient are as good as the amount of points they're picking up on a regular basis. Certainly not good enough to win five games in a row. Um, and I like the team that they're playing. They come up against Salford, who themselves, in you know, their they're fifth in the in the table, I think, at the moment. Um, they have made a, a decent start to life under Neil Wood. Yeah, they're fifth uh, with 21 points from 11 games. Uh, they've made a decent start under Neil Wood. They project pretty well in terms of their data. Um, they've won three of their five away games so far against Sutton, Newport and Harrogate. Um, they've lost just one of those games. That was at, at Doncaster, uh, which was a bit of a strange result and drew against Swindon. So they've played five teams. I mean, Harrogate being the poorest of them, but um, the other four against teams that I'd anticipate will will be you know, miles clear of the bottom of the table and, and feasibly could be a lot higher than that. Um, they've got plenty of, you know, we know that Salford's squad is very good. Um, that is no surprise. Uh, and they come into this in decent form as well. Uh, and they are heavily the outsiders going into this one, which I'm surprised about. I mean, I know that, of course, cobblers have home advantage, but the market in my mind kind of aligned with me and it wasn't providing many opportunities to to side with Northampton. Um, I, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm smiling when I say this because I know that you back Northampton midweek, but they are, every season there is a team. It was, it was Doncaster at the beginning of the season. There's a team that loads of recreational punters bet on every week in the EFL because they are the outliers. They're the ones where they're like, hold on, this team is second and they're away at 17th and they're outsiders. And that happened in midweek where Walsall were favourites against Northampton. People couldn't believe it. And, and lo and behold, Walsall went and won it. So I'm a bit surprised here to see that I can back um Salford's uh, even money, draw no bet, and that Northampton are heavy favourites. Um I, I have a feeling that might move uh, between now and Saturday. Um and I'm I'm very willing to to yeah to to get on board with with uh, sulford Cobblers are, are a very very adept defensive side as well. Um, you know I'm not expecting there to be plenty of goals there, but um even though Northampton the, the highest score isn't in, in the EFL. So yeah, uh, backing to bet the away side, at even money's my nap. Well, it's it's a stance, and I respect it.
0: And I respect it, even if I'm team cobblers uh, myself. Uh, My nap is Barnsley in League One, 2.2 here. Uh, They're at home to Exeter City. And yeah, one key reason, really, and a straightforward one, and a similar one to what you heard me talk about last week on this show when getting against Rotherham and with Wigan. And that is, I think, that Matt Taylor leaving Exeter this week, particularly in the protracted manner that it played out, Makes Exter City weaker, very possibly in the long term, because he's a great manager probably in the midterm, in my eyes, definitely in the short term when we talk about their next game. Uh, He's taken Wayne Carlisle with him, his assistant manager. Uh, On a very basic level, you are taking out the two most important um, football staff members uh, who lead the team. Now, I'm not there. I don't know what the week has looked like. It's just difficult for me to imagine, particularly with a Pizza Cup game as well in midweek, that it's been normal, uh, focused. Uh, I would lean more towards... You know, somewhat confusing, uh, somewhat disorganized, emotional uh, and disrupted. So they're traveling to one of the bigger hitters in the division in in Barnsley, who maybe were a little slow out the traps, but have been anything but in the last four weeks or so. They are absolutely a team who seem focused, organized uh, and thriving. Mike Duff has spoken about changing the culture, seems to be quite happy with how that's done um, and the performances, mentality, the atmosphere, everything's kind of followed um, and and they are on an upward curve, an upward trend. They're also a team with four wins and two draws in their last six. Uh, and those are fixtures, including games against Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, the two best teams in the league, two of the three best teams in the league. league apologies, Argyle. Uh, plus Charlton. Plus Cambridge away, it's not been an easy run of fixtures by any means. Uh, now, Barnsley's underlying numbers are a level below Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday and um, and, and Peterborough, Bolton, Portsmouth probably, but they're better than anyone else's uh, easily sort of top six projected levels. So maybe that's a, a reason why they'd be odds against to win this home game. Maybe it's because Exa started the season so quickly and so well and, and they their ratings were changed with the bookmakers, but I don't think we can assume that they're going to be a, a strong mid table league one team without Matt Taylor. And I certainly think that that for this game, they should be much weaker than they would have been two, three weeks ago before the, the uh, all the speculation started. So, um, Look, Barnsley played in the Pizza Trophy in midweek, completely rotated team. Exeter played as well. Six of their seven first-teamers, six or seven rather, first-teamers played there. So I think that's in Barnsley's favour as well. It's, to my eyes, a very generous price. That's why I want it as my nap. Barnsley to be Exeter. Six to five, 2.2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Next best.
1: Next best staying in League Two for me. Um, And it is the team I just spoke about. Not Northampton, obviously. Uh, I am going to be backing uh, Walsall, uh, who... Had that impressive win um, on in midweek against Northampton, um, and they are 21 to 20 at home to AFC Wimbledon. Um, now, yeah, as I say, Walsall have been this season pretty good um, throughout the campaign. They've been one of those teams, kind of the antithesis of, of Northampton, where they seem to put in loads of good performances and rarely come out with good results. Um, and that, I think, can be shown. Um, quite neatly by the fact that they've learned, they've lost five games this season all five have been lost by a singular goal so again a team who are sitting down in, in the nether regions of, of League 2 but um, and of those defeats um, three of them have come against the current top six in Baraday and Orient and Bradford they've also got a, a, a draw against Stevenage so the, the fixtures haven't fallen particularly kindly to them Um, they have still despite those difficult fixtures so far they're posting a positive XG ratio over the course of the season which is pretty impressive um, given those games albeit I mean I guess Game State might come into it a bit and they come into this off the back of um, a yeah a win against a team in Northampton that even though I'm not a big fan of them it's it's obviously an an impressive um, home win as well so um, I'm a big fan of of Walsall and they come up against a AFC Wimbledon side, who have had a difficult start. Um, you know, there's no other way really of, of saying it so far this season. Um, under under Johnny Jackson, um uh, some signs that maybe things could be improving. Uh, you know, we've seen them get a massive, really important victory for for, for Jacko in coming back from one 0 down against Colchester last time out to win two-one. Um, but having said that, we've seen them on the road this season really struggle. Um last time. They had an away game in the league. They lost 2-1 at uh, Carlisle. They also got beat by Stockport. um, And also that 5-2 loss against Mansfield as well. They feel to me like a side who um, their season is going to be built upon decent home form. uh, And at this current moment in time, even though the two clubs find themselves pretty close to each other in the League 2 table, um, I think at this stage, AFC Wimbledon feel to me like a work in progress. um, Not necessarily a team team for this season. Uh, and whereas I still think Walsall under under Michael Flynn could easily um, push their way up the up the table and get uh, within touching distance of that top seven and possibly even in it as well. So uh, add odds against 21 to 20. Uh, I'm siding with Flynn's men um, to, to come out on top at home and make it back to back home wins. Swansea. Next best. 2.25 Ooh.
0: with the Betfair Sportsbook. 5 to 4. They're at home to Sunderland. As has probably become clear from this week's Monday pod, I'm getting... Really good vibes from Swansea at the moment. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing in particular because I was uh, something of a dissenter, shall we say, at the start of the season. I wasn't necessarily someone who uh, was clear that they would be challenging for the playoffs just because of of an improvement that I didn't think we'd necessarily seen yet, but that you know was clearly hoped for. Um, I did a big old monologue, didn't I, after they beat West Brom. El Arbitro, yeah. El Arbitro actually measured it Uh, that good cop monologue was four minutes, 51 seconds. So let's see if I can do this uh, quicker than that. Swans in their last six games, they have had a tough fixture list aside from that home win against a desperate Hull team live on Sky. Um, They've had some really tough fixtures. They've beaten QPR. They've beaten Watford. They've beaten West Brom. They've passed tests with, flying colors and they've picked up 13 points in their last 16 games uh, quite a few of their players are in very good nick and it's not just Joel perot scoring weldies it's it's stuff that feels to me more sustainable player form grimes is in great shape uh, manning in particular down the left side is looking brilliant and swansea's underlying numbers are pretty good as well even with that tough fixture list uh, Their character to grind out away wins at West Brom and Watford is notable to me. Their defensive numbers being quite as good as they are is notable to me because these are a lot of the sorts of criticisms that were leveled against them last season and at the start of this season that are starting to be answered. Some of those regular issues uh, are becoming absent. And guess what? When that becomes absent, they become a pretty good team. All in all, they're they're in a good moment as Carlo Ancelotti would say. Uh, Sunderland are their visitors. Sunderland, uh, slightly less so. Nothing desperate, but um, just uh, a slight drop in performances, a slight drop in excitement from the first game or two of the Tony Mowbray era. Uh, They've generated less than one expected goal in each of their last three games and drew a blank in home games against Preston uh, and Blackpool in the last week. And that's mainly because we're led to believe Sims and Stewart are both out. So they're playing without a number nine, without a recognized striker. At midweek, it was a, a four-man attacking unit, really, of Diallo on loan from United, uh, Pritchard, uh, Jack Clark, and Patrick Roberts. So it's an attacking unit with with plenty of quality, but possibly not the thrust or physicality that you want for an attack with with lots of dimensions. You, know, you need that physicality, Probably you probably need someone that's used to running in behind, receiving the ball with back to goal. Those sorts of things, poaching inside the penalty box. None of those players uh, have those those natural instincts. I do worry a little bit about Sunderland on the break, where Swansea do leave gaps because of their style of play. You know, with those sorts of players, I wouldn't be surprised if they could put together a couple of quite dangerous attacks. But equally, I, I worry for Sunderland that you know they have got a pretty solid defensive record. I think their personnel and their way of defending might not be best suited to defending the sort of attacking style that Swansea have, where they're so good at keeping the ball, so good in possession. Um, You need a lot of 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 out-of-possession grit, concentration, and shape, and discipline. And I think that could be tested here. So we will see. This is basically a reflection of of where I think these two teams are right now, despite having slightly different starts to the season. Right now, I think Swansea are in better shape than Sunderland, so I'm delighted to have them at 2.4. 2.25, 5-4 2.25, 5-4 to four with the Betfair Sportsbook. There's only one point between them. Swans have one point more than Sunderland, but that mixture of recent form of who is available or not and of Swans's home advantage makes them my next best tier. So there you go. Uh, don't forget, it's bet 10 get 2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. That means if you bet £10 on EFL Akers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet. Make sure you check out the T's and C's, which you can find in the description of this podcast. Exchange time.
1: Time to put up a LA, lay, George. Yeah, I'm laying Sheffield Wednesday at 1.45 at home to Cheltenham. Um, This kind of falls into a similar bracket to the Mansfield-Hartlepool one last week, where uh, I am fully aware that Wednesday should be, you know, not just favourite, but heavily odds-on for this game. But I do think it's shorter than 2-1. is a bit tight up against a Cheltenham team who themselves are pretty tight. Um, I was incredibly impressed by their performance in midweek, where they beat Bolton 1-0, but not only did they beat Bolton 1-0, they stopped Bolton from from getting into the game at all, really. Bolton created very, very little. It, was, it wasn't it was kind of an onslaught from Wade Elliott's team, but they're the better side by miles. And, and even though they left it late to get the goal, uh, no one can begrudge them of that. Yes, Wednesday's home advantage here is important. Uh, they do come off the back of this. So they do come into this off the back of a, a defeat at, at Argyle, which will hurt uh, not only because um, they conceded late, but also they had plenty of chances at 1-0 um, and not for the first time. And setting up for the last time, um, Michael Cooper was the reason why why our goal were, were still level when, when Cosgrave got the opportunity to to win the game. So that will kind of dent their confidence a bit, I think. Um, and there could be you know a level of complacency here up against the Cheltenham side, who you know again even in games they've lost this season on the road, they've only been beaten twice on the road out of their six games. Those defeats came against Barnsley and against Accrington, but they lost both games one nil. Um, they beat Exeter away from home. They've, they've got a point at Fleetwood. Uh, they've, and they um, and they drew with Port Vale as well. So, only been beaten twice out of uh, out of six. Uh, both of those were just by a solitary goal. And we've already seen them beat Bolton, as I say, beat Cambridge, and beat Shrewsbury. So, uh, you know, Wade Elliott is doing a magnificent job. I think us, like many other people, thought at the end of Mike Duff's era at Cheltenham was going to trigger a period of demise, but there's there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever to suggest that that's the case. And um, and I think they'll make it very difficult for for Sheffield Wednesday to justify that. That very, very short price. So, um, yeah, laying Wednesday at 1.45. Nothing really against them at all. But, um, but yeah, up against a team who, are there, even at their worst, uh, are resolute. Um, it does seem skinny. We're creatures of habit, aren't we? I've got plenty. Um, two cups of
0: black coffee in the morning, being just one of them. But we are. I think we are. And, and the things that we do habitually, I think for the most part, are, are generally... The things that stick anyway. They're things that that bring us either pleasure or some benefit, whether it's physical, psychological or financial. Uh, currently in my life, there's only one thing that's bringing me all of those and it's laying West Brom on this show. <laughs> so let's twist again. Let's twist again like we did last week and two weeks before that successfully. West Brom are... Odds on to beat Luton at home this weekend. Steve Bruce is still the manager as we record on Thursday afternoon uh, after defeat to Preston uh, or Preston-Nil, as they're called, uh, last night. Uh, Still the manager. I suspect he will take them into this game. I suspect that might not be for the best in terms of the game itself. So I'm laying West Brom against Luton. Uh, As for the Hatters, I just want to sort of sum them up. I think Morris and Adebayo are a large threat right now. Uh, For weeks, it was Morris carrying an Adebayo that looked out of sorts, but now he looks to have acquired some sorts and and certainly the last two games has looked a lot brighter. The midfield three, I love, spoke about it Monday, Clark, Lansbury, Campbell, really uh, highly effective, high-performing midfield three in and out of possession right now. And I do not think West Broms is operating at nearly the same level. As for Luton's defence, I do not love much about that at the moment. Uh, they're really struggling for consistent defensive performances. Three conceded to Huddersfield in midweek was not great. And if they defend like they did there, then West Brom will likely have some, some much needed opportunities. I, I'm just not sure they're in the right shape to take them. Uh, and the next bit is, is kind of a mixture of psychological and, and performance-based. But I just think there's a chance now that it's got to a point with West Brom and, and, and Bruce where it's so grim... That no matter where you place the blame and how long you debate, you know, good XG numbers not being backed up by results, whatever that is, I think there's a sense that they're just going to wait for a change to be made before the minds of the fans and maybe the players can just be reset. And I think we know when a managerial change gets made, it's the easiest way of resetting minds of of players and fans um but that doesn't seem to have happened yet and and that might be wrong and maybe bruce can drag it back but that's that's my hunch at the moment based on what i've seen the last few weeks um luton are generally well motivated they're generally highly awkward to play against against a west brom in this shape uh in these circumstances i'm i'm very happy to be on the side of luton against the side of west brom laying west brom at 1.97 on the Betfair exchange. Um, yeah, that's my that's my big vice at the moment. So there we go. Uh, goals, go on.
1: Yes, my goals bet. Um, I am going to back Ipswich Town to score over two and a half goals at Morecambe at 15 to eight is my goals bet. Um, Ipswich have already done that four times this season. Um, we've seen plenty of times, including the mid-week game against uh, Cambridge, that um, they... Um, yeah, the team is not for turning. Um, they're happy to, to keep um, the, the pressure on to keep the foot down um, when they are ahead. Um, and, you know, Kieran McKenna's gotten drilled as an unbelievably effective attacking side. you um, have seen them yeah, score three against Pompey, three against Cambridge, uh, three against Shrewsbury, and three against MK Dons already this season. Uh, in Morecambe, they are quite clearly, I think, facing the, the worst um, side defensively in the in the league. Um, Yes, they've only conceded three twice away from home uh, against Peterborough and Accrington-Stanley. We've seen seen them concede twice against uh, Bristol Rovers and then at home, uh, four against MK Dons and three against Sheffield Wednesday. I think any team that concedes four against MK Dons at the moment has some serious issues uh, in my mind, basically. Connor Ripley is going to have to have an incredibly good game if this bet is, is to lose because I can't see any reason why this won't be a, an onslaught from, from Ipswich. Um, there's The only thing kind of slightly in the back of my mind is that weird Burton game where Ipswich went to Burton when Burton were, were really poor at the beginning of the season. Burton bizarrely battered them uh, despite losing the game. Uh, but on evidence we're seeing at the moment, the way that this Ipswich team are progressing, um, yeah, I, I wanted to find a way to side with them in, in this one. And I think, uh, yeah, the, the 15 to 8, over two and a half hits, which goals is the way to go? So for like two minutes after Wigan
0: went two nil up last week against Rotherham, me having backed them to win one nil, eight to one for two minutes, I was angry, and then I was buoyed. B u o y e d buoyed. buoyed. I was buoyed by ah. it. Okay. So I'm I'm buoyant heading into the the, right. the goals section this week because I'm I'm doing exactly the same thing just with different teams. Uh, it's Sutton nil. Tranmere 1 is my goals bet this week it's at 9.5 with the Betfair Sportsbook so 17 to 2 Tranmere have just got a a bit of a taste for it in the last few weeks they weren't tasting much the first month of this season but the last three Tranmere League 2 games have finished 1-0 to Tranmere Um, now I know that you can make a good argument to suggest that that Very fact means another 1-0 is unlikely here because of, I don't know, probability and variance and whatnot. But I think there is and has been a a blueprint of sorts, which I think could continue for another game at least. And that is Tramir are conceding very few opportunities due to a back four that's playing really well, strong centre-back defensive displays and two centre midfielders in front of that that are generally screening pretty well. Now they are creating slightly more than their opposition albeit not loads but enough to score in each game around the sort of 1xg mark in their games recently and between Hemmings and Nevitt and Hawks and Morris as well it's not the most potent team but there's a goal in them uh, but a big part of this is, is Sutton United absences they've got particularly big problems in midfield where they have a lot of of players missing. Uh, And up front, Donovan Wilson, I think he's got one more game of his suspension. So he's out of this one. None of their other forwards have looked very dangerous uh, so far this season. They've lost three in a row, uh, four of their last five in the league. And while Sutton are generally strong at home, I think they're a team that's strong when they're at full strength. Obviously, mate, you idiot. But who, as soon as they're not at full strength, probably lose a lot of their, uh, performance level may be relative to other teams at the level because of their, their lack of resources, basically, to, to have a, a deep squad. They were beaten up by Stevenage in midweek, 3 0 defeat uh, in the league, whereas Tranmere played Leeds in the Pizza Cup. Uh, they only started about three of their general league starters. So I think they should be fresher as well. Lastly, I do think this is going to be a game with a low goal expectancy. I don't expect the ball even to be in play very much. Uh, I gather Sutton have the lowest. Ball in playtime in League Two. And I think if Tranmere can follow a similar blueprint to recent games, get ahead, I don't think they'll be too bothered about going for a second. So uh, we go again with a 1 0 away win. This one, Tranmere at Sutton, 9.5, 17 to 2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, Betfair's Bet Builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. Remember that with Betfair's popular Bet Builder, you can add trending Football League Bet Builder selections to your bet sit in just one tap. Head to the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, head to the football part of the app. You'll see them at the top there, uh, clear as day. George, just a goal scorer now. Yeah,
1: this is, I think, probably the best goal scorer pick <gasps> selection um, that is really possible to have. Uh, it was <laughs> God, <laughs> basically sweet. just just pure price rise. Well, it is. I mean, it's just it it's it's an aggressively wrong price, and um, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I think this is... Um, yeah, anyway, let's get on with it. Jack Wright, who, who I do some work with, who's a tipster, um, pointed out to me yesterday before the game, Hull playing Wigan, uh, and he pointed out that Cyrus Christie, uh, the right back, is actually playing, was playing on the right wing. And he did play on the right wing. He had three shots accumulating to an extra year of about 0.21, um, one of which he came very, very close to scoring. And I think given that Hull won, irrespective of what happens with their manager situation, whether or not Pedro Martins uh, is in the dugout on the weekend, um, I think given the, the form they've been in and the run they've been on, I'd be very surprised if they make changes to the team this weekend, given that they won the game. So I think we can probably expect Christie will start again on the right hand side of a three. And he is 18 to 1 to score anytime. Um so uh that is uh definitely the wrong price. He's 40 to one to score first and last, which i I would also take if I were you. Um I'm yeah, I, I think that is it's just a classic case of um, he is priced up to be playing a position that he he just will not be playing if he starts uh, and if he plays the same way that he did on on the game in midweek then he should be about a 4 to 1 shot so um yeah that is my very very strong uh, goal scorer fancy
0: okay for my goal scorer first thing to say is i'm getting quite good vibes from swindon town at the moment uh, i think they are coming along very well i think that their performances are improving week to week uh, i don't think they're the perfect team just yet that's for sure but I think a lot of the players that weren't rich in senior experience are developing nicely. Uh, and overall, I think they're in pretty good shape. The bad news is they're playing away at Stevenage uh, on Saturday. So any thought of backing Swindon was quashed. Because I actually think there's a chance Stevenage could could squash them a little bit, given the makeup of the two squads, but maybe there's a chance that that Swindon can hurt them as well. Uh, They're obviously Stevenage, a team that make it hard for you, make it physical, good team, intense press, direct play, blah, 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 blah. You've heard me say it 50 times in the last eight weeks, but Stevenage have only kept three clean sheets in their last 11 games. Teams are scoring against them, maybe because of their style, teams can play through them Sometimes maybe teams like Swindon, who are good at keeping the ball, can have periods, spells of possession against them. Uh, Sometimes maybe it is that the intensity of their play just leaves them a little bit fatigued. I don't know exactly what it is, but eight teams out of 11 have scored against them. A lot of them, teams I consider consider worse than Swindon Town, have scored against Stevenage this season. So to quote one of my favourite film quotes of all time, my name's Jeff. Wow, Luke Jeffcott, Swindon striker, is four to one to score any time here. Now Jeff, now Jeffcott's playing up front through the middle, a pure penalty box striker in a team that can create chances. With Wakeling as a good support, with Williams and Gladwin as good creators. Since joining on deadline day, he's up towards the top of the division for XG per ninety albeit in fairly limited minutes. He's up towards the top of the division for XG per shot. That won't surprise anyone that has ever seen Luke Jeffcott play before. If Jeff gets a chance, he gets a big chance. It's as simple as that. He doesn't create his own chances. He's not a threat from outside the box. I'd argue he's not even a, a threat from between 18 and 12 yards, but from penalty spot inwards, he absolutely is. It's as simple as that. That's the sort of player that he is. So I think 4-1 to one is very generous for someone who has scored goals for a good attacking team in the league above, in Argyle, who have slightly outgrown him at this moment in time. That's fine. He's dropped down a level to get his confidence back. So far, looks like a good move. Looks more than capable of scoring goals in League 2 against a team that don't always keep clean sheets. So, Luke Jeffcott, 4-1, to anytime. My goal scorer. My name is Jeff. George, why don't you recap your selections and then we can head
1: into the weekend. My nap is Salford, draw no bet at Northampton. Next best is Walsall at home to AFC Wimbledon. Laying Sheffield Wednesday at home to Cheltenham. Ipswich over two and a half goals at 15 to eight is my goals bet. And then Cyrus Christie, 18 to one, score any time for Hull. The best goal scorer pick of all time, apparently. Mm, I, said, I said you could have this weekend. That's what, you know, there, it won't be bettered. Barnsley 2.26 to 5 and Swansea 2.25. That's 5 to 4. Both of
0: those with the Betfair Sportsbook, my nap and next best. I've laid West Bromwich Albion at 1.97 with the Betfair Exchange. I backed Tranmere to beat Sutton 1 0 at 9.5 as my goals selection. And Luke Jeffcott 4 to 1, 5.0 with the Betfair Sportsbook. That's been it. Huge thank you to Betfair for their support of this podcast. We love doing it Uh, every single week. We hope you enjoy this throbbing docket in the EFL. George and I going for a pint later. Uh, We hope that you have a fantastic weekend and we look forward to talking to you again on Monday. How about that? Go out.